You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 208 of the Comic Book Informer podcast coming to you on March 24th. How you doing this week, Raj? I have a feeling that you changed what we were reading for the week just because it was one of those, you're reading this. I know you haven't read this yet. I'm making you read it. Pretty much, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's some, sometimes something comes across that you just can't put off for an extra week. <laughs> But we're going to come back to that in a second. Uh, first, I want to touch on we got some interesting news out of Marvel today showing off one of their free comic book day releases in the all new, all different Avengers. And it was actually pretty exciting because they're doing one of those silhouette reveals where all the characters are blacked out. and you're, You know, you're supposed to be surprised when they're revealed. But the two that they did reveal so far are Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel and the current Thor. What makes this interesting is this Avengers series is launching after Secret Wars. And I know you and I were both pretty well convinced Secret Wars is what was going to set Thor back to status quo. So it's actually really exciting to see that, no, that's going to carry forward at least for a little while longer. I didn't say that's what I thought. Well, that's what I thought. I yeah, figured you, you were on you, the same wavelength. You assumed I would agree with you. Uh, I just hadn't really given it that much thought. I'm not saying <laughs> it's not a good theory. I just... Yeah, I okay. But it's it's it. also interesting looking at it. You know, one of the characters is obviously Sam Wilson as Captain America. So, like I said, it's it's exciting and interesting to know that whatever's happening in Secret Wars, they're not going to use it as an excuse to rewind the good changes they've made over the past year. Yeah. Although I would be perfectly okay if they fixed Tony Stark. Yeah, <laughs> you have our permission with that. <laughs> also, looking at it. Um, couple questions you know i'm not so sure one of them is almost definitely nova which is great and i have a feeling the spiderish looking one is going to be miles 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 who knows what happens after secret wars but i have a feeling it's going to be miles so we would have two spider-men in our in the normal canon maybe why do you keep going to that brought this up before and I'm I'm not seeing the logic there at all because not because we don't want to see more of Miles or even Miles in this universe versus his ultimates just for a change of parallel universe things change but I've seen nothing that would indicate he's going to be plucked from the ultimates and that's that like they need their Superman or Superman Spider-Man as well yeah just like I said calling it a hunch but anyway, on to the important stuff. As I mentioned last week, we had another Daredevil story scheduled for this week. But like I said, things had to change because there was a very important issue of Ninja Turtles that we had to get to. <laughs> Specifically, we're looking at issues 41 through 44, the Attack on the Technodrome storyline written by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Curnow, and Tom Waltz, art by Corey Smith and Rhonda Pattison. I know you haven't been keeping up to date fully, but how much prior to this did you miss? I think I'm probably one or two issues only from this because okay. um, I, I 
I wasn't that, that far behind to me. If you're, you know, 10 behind, it's not that bad, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, no. So like most of this, I, I know what's going on. It was just, like I said, probably one or two issues. So previously to the storyline, we saw during City Fall that Splinter, in exchange for Old Hobbs' help in rescuing Leonardo from the Foot Clan, promised his own help in Hobbs' own war against the Foot. So the story starts off with that plan coming across. But what we've seen in the issues previous to this was Donatello was completely against this. He's like, yeah, I know we have our obligations to Hobb, but... What Krang is doing with the Technodrome is far more important. It could destroy the entire planet. And there was uh, several issues before this where he he was fully against the rest of the family, which the last page in issue 40 was one of those mind-blowing moments of him meeting with Shredder, which was a pretty cool moment, which is right where this issue starts off is the deal that Donatello makes with Shredder of Krang being the greater threat, uh, put their war aside temporarily to band together and take down this interdimensional invader because if Shredder wants anything, Shredder wants to take over the world. So he doesn't want anybody else stepping into that role before he can. (laughs) Uh, We see that uh, the teams, both on the Turtles and on the foot, are split up into several different storylines that are running concurrently here. Uh, Shredder brings Bludgeon and Koya, the shark and hawk mutants, with him to Burno Island through the teleporter that Donatello has been working on with uh, Professor, what's his name? (laughs) <laughs> uh, meanwhile, he has Karai and Hun stay behind to watch over the Foot Clan and leaves Rhapsody and Bebop with Donatello as his insurance policy. Meanwhile, we have Hob and Splinter going after the Foot Clan while the Turtles themselves are also heading to Burno Island to take on Krang. So it's an interesting split of having all these different storylines running concurrently, and I think they really pulled it off well throughout the story. They did. They did. And again, I... I... I'm curious exactly how many missed, but it can't be too many because I'm, I was up on pretty much everything that was going on and all the, the, the people going their own way to, to kind of try to resolve this. And because of the way that it was set up in those earlier issues, and like you were saying too, where he was like, no, this, we cannot, nothing else matters except for this, destroying this kind of thing. So it makes sense that he kind of would have gone behind their backs and how he approached it and whatnot. And I like that whole deal with the devil, you know, the, the enemy of your enemy kind of thing. So it was, it was, uh, it was, it was well handled. And like you said, there's a lot of different things going on at the same time with all the other characters as well. All of it very well handled. Mm -hmm. And one of the first big twists comes across with Fugitoid, who is uh, one of the, the Android scientist that's been kidnapped by Krang, forced to build the Technodrome, who has been feeding information to the Turtles, suddenly sells out the attack, you know, seemingly to protect himself and whatnot. But we come to find out it's actually all part of a larger plan devised by Leonardo and Donatello, where they are going to convince the Foot Clan to attack Krang, but warn Krang ahead of time so that Krang can take care of the Foot for them. Meanwhile, the Turtles would be there to stop Krang, And at the same time, Splinter and Hobbs group would be available to take out what's left of the Foot Clan in New York. It's one of those kind of like, you know, reveal moments that frequently are kind of like, oh, you've been messing with us the whole time. But again, I think it was well executed here. Yeah, again. Yeah, it was. It's a lot of these kind of things where you get to the quote unquote big reveal and you're like, 
you kind of saw it immediately. This was fun. It was maybe it's because I'm just in a drug haze right now. I, I didn't see it coming. But no, I like the way that it was. It added that that flair of mystery. No, like even when I was reading this as they were coming out, I did not see it coming. So it caught me by surprise to the point where as I was rereading the storyline in preparation for this episode, I forgot about that plot. point. <laughs> <laughs> they sucked me back into the, the deception again. So it was written very well. There you go. And of course, as with any great storyline, things immediately start going wrong. <laughs> Uh, we have Hob uh, and Splinter breaking into the Foot Clan, fighting with Karai and Hun. Hob steals the mutagen that they're holding onto, the, what they've been using to make Rocksteady and Bebop and all the rest, and then just takes off. He's like, ah, Splinter, you know, they, they changed the plan on us, so we're going to steal the plan on them, leaving Splinter alone against damn near the entire Foot Clan before Angel and Alapex can show up to rescue him. So they really worked just about every character into the story and it definitely had a good effect it, it was a big story it felt big but it also didn't feel like they were trying too hard i agree meanwhile we also have the turtles uh, manage to beat krang it, it's actually a great fight scene of the turtles working together better than i think we've ever seen them before fighting you know this huge threat but not before the technodrome can terraform the entire island they managed to stop it before it goes beyond the island but the entire island is now toxic to any life not from Krang's home world, including the Foot Clan. <laughs> so we have Foot Ninjas dying all over the place. Shredder realizing that he's been betrayed by the Turtles and telling Rocksteady and Bebop to activate the insurance plan and kill Donatello. Dramatic pauses. <laughs> it's like you went to the Shatner School of Acting for a second. <laughs> <laughs> reading this i was like oh man like even up until the very end of the issue i was like okay donatello's messed up like they they did a number on him you know sledgehammer cracking his skull open i'm like man this guy's gonna be crippled for the rest of the story no they killed him wow no nah, dude's dead he's I dead <laughs> he's dead dan i said <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll believe he's dead when they are officially kind of saying, all right, that's it. Let's make some soup. <laughs> because otherwise, like, I mean, he's, he's, he's not dead until they say that. Probably a bad time for a spoiler alert, huh? Oh, okay. So I missed it. <laughs> Apparently I have to read the next episode issue. No, I mean, for our listeners. Uh, kind of forgot to mention that. <laughs> oh well, if, it, if that wasn't implied from the start, I don't know. <laughs> Jeez, but it, it was just such a oh, like I said, well written storyline, bouncing back and forth between all the characters, and having great successes balanced out with you know huge losses. The way that everybody kind of heard the news, it it just had an impact. It was completely unexpected i did not see them taking out one of the turtles during this story again we don't know for sure oh, no be, I, I know let's be honest it's, be i'm honest. honest he's if, go, he's gone <laughs> you're positive is what you're saying mm-hmm. okay well, and here's the interesting thing, though. Like, I, I'm assuming you didn't, like, read through, like, the letter page and whatnot. No. The comic is ending with issue 50. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Mm-hmm. They said, make sure to come back next month for the start of our final storyline leading up to the double-sized 50th issue. Ooh. So knowing that the comic only has six issues left, I'm almost positive he's actually dead. Well, yeah, they might leave him dead. There's, there's no reason to keep him around. Well, there, I could think of a few reasons. <laughs> Cold-hearted bastard. Uh, there's no reason to... You know what I mean. There's no reason oh, to kind I of sell out to the emotional mean. moments just for keeping the character around for an indeterminate amount of time. Now that we know cool. that no matter what the series is going to be ending, then it makes sense for him, yes, to be actually completely 100% soul-crushingly, devastatingly dead. That's a pretty powerful last picture. The, yes. That massive panel. Again, when you're looking at what they're trying to say this is, if in fact he is dead... This really well drawn, really well drawn. Oh, art throughout the entire storyline was oh, fantastic, yeah. Yeah. as it has been in this series pretty much universally. Yeah, yeah, yeah my, my son, my brave son. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever mentioned that Donatello was my favorite Ninja Turtle as a kid? No. Yeah, he was. Right. So this this hurts in all kinds of ways. <laughs> And if I, I, I had see to you hurt, crying over Wolverine, screw Wolverine. <laughs> but he was good. I I was upset when Colossus died. I would have been upset when Nightcrawler died if it was a better written storyline. The second time, the first time, <laughs> which I'm. He's only died once. Well, he kind of bounced back a bit there. Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, the recent stuff is trying to... I stopped reading at one point, so I don't know if he's actually still dead or not. Or, or, or if he's feeling much better. <laughs> I think he'll go for a walk. <laughs> You're just a little dead. Walk yeah. it off. Yep. So yeah, overall, still love this comic book. And the fact that 44 issues in, they can still do great writing and still surprise us as readers... I, I'm sad it's ending. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're going to do. This is this has been one of the most consistently great comics for the last several years now. Yeah. But the, I also respect that they know where they're going with the story and they're going to end it without trailing things on longer than they need to. Because we can see now that Krang has been defeated, that takes a major piece off the board for them to work with dramatically. Yeah. I... I would have liked to have seen this more as a surprise of that last panel so that um, whether it's you hear him say finish him off or or even just if they come back and this is what they find kind of thing, I would have liked that shock that you really didn't know as opposed to seeing the fight and the hammer blow to the shell and all that. So I, I, I think that would have been cooler. Maybe. but But like I said, even seeing the fight... I thought for sure he was going to pull through somehow just because it's a comic book. Of course he is. He might still a little bit of faith. They wouldn't all be laying, standing around crying if there was a chance of him coming back. He's Oh yeah. They wouldn't stand around posing in a comic book. That's trying to sell you the next issue. No. In the final panel. Of course not. not. Clearly. Yeah. Okay. Damn it, Roger. Stop trying to make me feel good about this. He might come back. So I'm saying. Any parting thoughts? Uh, no. All right. Yeah. Ninja Turtles. We've been talking about it forever. If you haven't been reading it by now, I got nothing for you. As for what else we've been reading, honestly, there really hasn't been a lot over the past few weeks that's 
like I've read stuff, but it's all been kind of average. Like I haven't really read a whole lot. I went, oh, can't wait to talk about this. But I do at least have a couple this week. Uh, first of all, Moon Knight. I read uh, issue 13 with uh, new writer Colin Bunn coming on board. It was okay. Like, it was kind of trying to do the same stuff Warren Ellis was doing. But sorry, it's not Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby, so it doesn't work quite the same. It was cool to see uh, Declan Shelby still doing covers for the series, though, because I read the cover and it immediately took me back to, like, that mental space of those first six issues with the art style, but then I started reading it. It wasn't bad. It was just okay. Hmm. And the latest Miss Marvel actually really enjoyed that. I've been really enjoying this comic uh, all along, but there was some really good stuff in this. And again, ties in with what I've been saying all along of how realistic this comic book is. Because like I said, one of my best friends is a Pakistani Muslim girl. And the story, you know, in Kamala's private life that she's going through in this issue is exactly what my friend was dealing with this past weekend. (laughs) So it's it's so realistic and so hilariously perfect. And it's great that we're seeing this accurate representation of a culture many Americans aren't aware of or, you know, is how a lot of the, you know, finer things function. It's really great to see. And there is also a bit somewhat kind of meta commentary you know as far as using inhumans is kind of a an analog to actual muslims and how they're portrayed in america and how some of them act and whatnot but the difference between what we saw in thor where the meta commentary was just bludgeoning you over the head here yes it was obvious what she's talking about but who it's coming from and the writer herself being a Muslim definitely lends a lot more credence to the issue she's trying to address. And it's not quite as obvious of, Hey, we're trying to say something important here. It's, it fits in with the story. It didn't come out of nowhere. It, it was true to the character, true to the setting, true to what they've been doing. So it worked a lot better here than we'd seen in other comics. Cool. And that's really all I got this week. Other than the stuff I'm sure you're going to mention. Fancy mirrors? Were you going to talk yes. about those? What is there to talk about? Well, that at least one of them wasn't as bad as the other one. The all-new X-Men one wasn't as bad as the Guardians team-up, but it still wasn't good. But it wasn't as bad. <laughs> the um, Man, the, the, the all-new X-Men stuff was annoying, I found. Kind of all over the place. And the... And I really didn't like the art overall. Some of the shots with Gene. Yeah. That's scary. (laughs) Gene does not look like that. Uh, So, yeah, it was was a whole lot of more of the same. It was basically just a reason to get Scott back, whether that's for a long time or not. Who knows? But But the the Guardians team up one was horrible. Was horrible. Did you read that one? What happened in that issue? Like I, I don't know, and nobody was it's acting like, oh like man, they we're should. We're running behind on the plot. We need to have a whole bunch of things happen in this one particular issue, and have none of it really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and the actors, or not the actors, sorry, the, the characters actors. don't come off as who they're supposed to be. No, like the Quill is just being weird by Quill standard, like even weirder. And then all the stuff with Ronan, it was like. What? How? What? And it just felt poorly written. 
Like there's just points where things are happening and you're going, where, what happened here? How, how does this even begin to make sense remotely? And it, it just some of the stuff with Ronin, as far as you know, defying the supreme intelligence for the good of the Kree, you know, that's been a lot of his character for decades now. So, to an extent, I, I feel it was in character, but it didn't have the time it needed. It was just okay. One page is one thing; next page is another thing. Like if that had been like the focus of this entire issue instead of a couple pages, I think it could have been a little better. But it, it wasn't out of character; it was just poorly handled. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really didn't like it. Neither I did I. Haven't been enjoying any of it. So, yeah. uh, did you read the second Silk? I did. Yes. It was. I again. This one I thought was a little bit not as good as the first one, as True. well. Same as the Spider Gwen. But again, it's clearly showing where they want to take the series, which is what we were expecting overall. There's no surprises here, can, for the most part. Can I just say the hilarious irony of having. An Asian-American character. Art is clearly kind of an anime style, and they couldn't even make it past the second issue without her fighting a tentacle monster. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on, indeed, (laughs) yes. It was, again, like I said, I still enjoy this one better than Spider-Gwen right now. Yes. But uh, it wasn't like, ooh. The first issue was so great. (laughs) This one was merely good. Did you read the uh, Spider-Man 16.2? 16.1, I mean, mm-hmm. with Wraith. I actually I enjoyed this more. <laughs> yes, I, I really enjoyed it, yes. So, and I enjoyed this more than the actual last 16, mm-hmm. I guess it would have been. Um, again, nothing really that, that was that original either or anything, but it is nice seeing him teaming up with her again, too, kind of deal. And it's a good storyline to bring in Jerry Conway for because the the whole mobster angle is something he always wrote very well back in the 80s. So, And the only other thing that I'll touch on is I've actually been reading, getting caught up on the um, Batman Superman. Oh, I haven't read that in a long time. I haven't read it in forever. So I decided, you know what, I need to tackle some of these and get caught up on some of the DC stuff anyway. So I figured this would be good. And I'm at, I'm at like 19 right now. So I've, I've gotten. You're almost caught up. I'm almost there. I had only read it a little bit initially when it had come out, and and I mean a little bit. Like I'd read through mm-hmm. most of the Supergirl storyline, but hadn't read too much more after that. The dual monologuing continues to this point, and to me, that's a it gets yeah. annoying. It's cliched. It's this idea of one's thinking kind of what the other one's thinking. But, of course, they got to make it very apparent that this is Clark. So he's a do-gooder and here's Bruce and he's going to be have a negative slant on it, but still show some respect. It just it's continues to be cliched 19 issues in at this point. I'm sure it probably continues doing that up until present. And it's just gets on my nerves like i it would be so much better if they could alternate issues kind of thing so this one's from batman's point of view this one's from superman's maybe even change it partway through the story but not the constant yellow and blue narrator bubbles that fill everything all the time so in that regard it's it's still annoying uh, like I, which is 
you know, too mm-hmm. bad. Story-wise, the the Supergirl stuff I thought was kind of interesting the first time, though nothing really wholly original. I mean, it's, again, same old story kind of thing. The um, I like the aspect of, you know, Wonder Woman stepping in to, to do the training and whatnot. Again, we had talked about that. And then there was some other storylines as well immediately after that where it was basically their the world's history was changed at one point and actions were taken by three people who learned time travel and went back and basically either killed or made sure that no superheroes were ever to be either born or created or come about except for Batman and Superman. And they saved their parents or they, they, they take them over kind of thing for, for, for Clark and they raised them and they raised them to still be a Superman and Batman, but now they're twisted and just basically, flat out villains henchmen for hire damn near keeping control over the world but by brute force so it kind of has some of that injustice from taylor thing happening Mm -hmm. but nowhere near as good (laughs) not even remotely and that storyline keeps going for quite a while and it's the the reasons for it occurring at the start don't make sense out of nowhere kind of thing that's just really bizarre. It just it doesn't work in any way. So then you wind up having a crap load of issues where they're doing these alternate things where they're slowly coming back to be the people that they were supposed to be from the beginning, but you're going like, oh come on. Like it drags on far too long and it's just not as enjoyable. So again, I'm 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 getting reasonably caught up, like I said. And I'll I'll keep reading them just so that I'm aware of everything that's happened. But I really, there's far too many points where I stop and think, well, that just doesn't seem genuine to the character. And not just these two, because there's a, everybody's in these freaking comics. So, um, so far too often I'm like, yeah, that doesn't seem genuine or that's just, you know, fan service because, you know, all these little quips about, whether it's the girlfriends or the whatever kind of thing, or the female characters are like, at points you're like, yeah, come on, seriously. You, you, apparently every woman is just ready to nail their partners at a drop of a hat. And the art uh, I'm is... I'm actually pretty sure that's canon in the DC universe. Yeah. <laughs> and then the art is the Rob Leefield School of Art. Ooh. So you have those lines, the, the Leefield lines with the poses you're going like oh my god there's a shot of of supergirl with that tank top whatever the hell it is that they force her to wear for the longest time where her torso is so stretched up and at a weird angle she you know it looks like a pow you know person who's gone mm-hmm. through near starvation it just this is not attractive okay this is really you need to study the human form a lot more so, but anyway, so that's where I'm at with those. All right. Interesting. Not really, but <laughs> if that's what you want to take away from this, okay. I'm going to need to find that. Yeah, I need to find the next one that I'm going to tackle to get myself caught up on because I do have to get through some of these DC ones. Yeah, they're just relaunching the line later this year anyway. <laughs> It'd be nice if I knew what the hell was going on before that. <laughs> 
Let me say, it'd be nice if one of us knew what the hell is going on before then. You say that now. I'll take it on the chin for you. <laughs> Wolverines and DC. I think, I think we may enjoy it better if we don't know what's been going on. That's possible. <laughs> All right. This week's new releases. Oh, boy. <laughs> For Marvel, we have all new Ghost Rider number 12, the final issue there. I still don't know if I'm emotionally prepared to read that one. <laughs> Amazing X-Men number 18, Darth Vader number 3, Deadpool number 44, Magic Mirror shenanigans in both Guardians of the Galaxy 25 and Legendary Star-Lord number 10. We have new Avengers number 32, Nova number 28, Powers number 2, and Uncanny X-Men number 32. Batman all over the place from DC. We have Arkham Manor number six, Batman Eternal number 51, Gotham Academy number six, and Gotham by Midnight number five. Yes. Get ready for this one from Image. Oh, Christ. This <laughs> week, Autumnlands Tooth and Claw number five, yes. Chew number 47, Invincible number 118. And since this is such a big change in status quo, this issue costs a quarter. What? They want to get new people checking out the comic, so they're selling it for a quarter. This is the Invincible one? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Thought it was a mistake. Nope. It says right on the cover. It's only a quarter. That's awesome. That yes. is awesome. I hope that the retailers stacked more of them because of that. I would imagine. So, yeah, like I said, we already have that. Skull Kickers, number 31. Wayward, number six. Jesus. The Wicked and the Divine, number nine. And Witches, number five. Holy Christ. What the hell image? You know what, though? But we've been saying this for a while now. We've been finding a lot more that we love now with image. Absolutely. Than we have Not all in the same DC week. we for so long. I mean, it's crazy how many good things that they're putting out. In the same week. Oh, well, yeah, in this case, yeah. IDW, we have Godzilla, Rulers of Earth, number 22, Gem and the Holograms, number one, Samurai, yeah, yeah, (sighs) Gem and the Holograms, I've heard it's outrageous, truly outrageous. It's fabulous. (laughs) Samurai Jack, number 17, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutanimals, number two. From Oni Press, we have The Bunker, number 10, and Sixth Gun, number 47, and from Valiant, Quantum and Woody Must Die, and the final issue of The Valiant, number four. Oh boy, <laughs> this is this is going to be ugly. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Which one of the kids isn't going to eat this week? <laughs> well, I hope you guys uh, have some good comics to read this week because we certainly do. We'll be back next week with hopefully that Daredevil story I've been promising. <laughs> but as always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at cbinformer. And until next week, thanks for listening. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.